Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. This is a very famous episode of Jesus and Zacchaeus. We sang this song as children. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Uh, So here's a fellow who is short in stature. Uh, But also, his background is a little bit checkered when it comes to Jewish culture and how he would have been viewed by his contemporaries. So let's get into the passage. Once again, Luke 19, verses 1 through 10. This is the English Standard Version. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. When they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold the Lord, that half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So this story is fascinating on many levels. I mean, we just think of just the human drama of the story. Here's Jesus passing along Jericho. This man is short in stature, so he finds A sycamore tree. This man is resourceful. A sycamore tree would be a tree with a short trunk and wide lateral branches that would reach out. It would be not too far from the ground. So he climbs up and gets up on one of the branches so he can see over the crowd and actually see Jesus. And Jesus stops and tells him, Zacchaeus, I must. Now in the original language, he says, I must come to your house this day. This is something I have to do. There's some intentionality there with Jesus that he is going to Zach. This wasn't some chance thing where Jesus just looks up and sees this guy up in a tree and goes, you know, well, this guy is interesting. He must really want to see me. I'm going to go to his house. There's something here where Jesus intends to do this. And this kind of follows the shape of Luke's gospel. If you're just to go back to Luke chapter 15, you would see various parables of lost things. The lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, the prodigal son. So you have these objects or people that have been lost, and now they've been found. And so Zacchaeus is just another prodigal son that the Lord wants to call home. Now when we think about his profession, it says he is a chief tax collector. So Zacchaeus is high up on the food chain. He is a guy that's very wealthy, but very hated. People would not respect him. A lot of times we'll see successful business people, and people respect them for the hard work they've done or respect you know, what they've accomplished for their career, Zacchaeus would not be respected at all by the people of his community. He'd be hated. Here's a guy that's working for the tax collecting industry. Imagine someone working for, I don't know, the IRS, and they're crooked. And what they're doing is they're taking extra money off the top. So they're defrauding people. They're taking money from the underlings that are collecting taxes. So they have grunt workers that go out and actually collect the taxes. And as overseers of these other tax collectors, they're taking money from them and defrauding people. 
So what he's done would be deplorable in the community. Not only would they hate the fact he's a tax collector for a foreign government, but also that he's taking money for himself and he's doing so dishonestly. This is the last person you would think that needs to hear the good news of Jesus. And the local community more than likely have written him off. And you can tell by the response. When Jesus says he must go to his house, they grumble. The word here for grumbling is the same word in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, for the murmuring that went on by the Israelites out in the wilderness. They're murmuring. They're complaining. Why is Jesus going to this guy's house? He's a sinner. And Jesus was a really good teacher. He would know. This is not a place that a good teacher of the law would go. The interesting point here is the response of Zacchaeus. Jesus takes a chance by going to his house, but Zacchaeus responds in faith. And notice his response in faith, what comes with faith. What comes with faith is action. Jesus sees his faith in action. What does Zacchaeus do? Well, he gives half of his possessions to the poor. Now, under Judaism at that time, under rabbinical teaching, 20% to the poor was considered to be very benevolent. But giving half is uber-benevolent, over-the-top benevolent. This also shows us that when Jesus tells others to go sell all their possessions and follow him, it's hyperbole, because Jesus approves of this, just selling half of his possessions. But there's something changed about Zacchaeus. Here is a guy where his money, his wealth, was his identity. And now he's willing to give that away freely because his identity has been changed in Christ. This money he had been taken was what made him feel, I don't know, maybe important. Maybe like a somebody. And he's willingly giving this away to follow Jesus. Now, the restitution part is interesting. So not only is he changed and he wants to give money to the poor, but also he's going to give fourfold to the people he has wronged. So he's going to go out and think, okay, who have I defrauded? So he's obviously defrauded some people. He's like, I'm going to give them fourfold what I took from them. Now, this is above and beyond what the Bible says. In Numbers chapter 5, verse 7, you can see that if you've defrauded someone or you've taken from someone, there's full restitution. You give back to that person what you took from them plus one-fifth. So if you took $100 from someone, you give them $100 back plus a fifth of that. So notice that Zacchaeus gives fourfold what he took. This is way beyond, an abundance beyond what God wanted. So we see a changed heart here. This guy is different. He's willing to make up for what he's done. Notice Jesus says salvation has come to this house. Here's an exercise for you sometime. Go through the Gospels and look at how many times you see the word saved or salvation, the Greek word sozo, you don't see it very often. It's very uncommon in the Gospels to see the word saved or salvation. For a salvation culture, as evangelical Christianity is, we talk a lot about getting saved or being saved. The Gospels don't use that word very often. And in this case, this is a strange episode of saved. This would not be like what we would consider saved in our modern context. Jesus calls this guy and he responds in faith. It's changed everything about him. Now, here's some things for us to consider that get a little bit dicey for Christians. And this is the hard part where it takes wisdom to work through this. Jesus associates with sinners at times. 
And we have kind of a, a tension that we live in, that we're called to live holy and different and set apart lives. But at the same time, we have to identify with people that need to hear the good news of Christ. And so we have to discern, to understand when there are people that are maybe living horrible lifestyles. They could be as bad as Zacchaeus, defrauding people, doing terrible things. But maybe they're open to the gospel. Maybe they're sick and tired of living the life they're living, and they're ready to hear something new. So you get in these predicaments as a Christian sometimes when you're identifying with people that do not have your values, that are very different. Imagine the risk that Jesus takes going to his house. I mean, what I would be thinking, what's going to happen at this house? I mean, this guy's a man of, of ill repute. I mean, what, what will go on? What will be the entertainment there? What will be the language being used? What will be the stories being told? I mean, this would be legit questions. And Christians are presented with this many times. So we have to discern. And here's what happens. We go to extremes as Christians. We go one direction would be, I have to be holy and set apart. I'm not going to talk to anyone or associate with anyone that has different values than I do. Sometimes we can become self-righteous and actually look down on those people, which that's a, a much, that's a whole nother ball of wax there. Then there's the other extreme position where we are just so deluded by the world that we're not, we don't have any Christian distinction in our life. I think we have to carefully and prayerfully walk through this and think about it. How do we come into contact with people that are non-believers that need to hear the good news of Jesus? And if you just talk to people and you say, well, how did you come to Christ? I bet you a lot of people that came to Christ as adults and were not raised in Christian homes, I can pretty much tell you almost every time it was a Christian friend that brought them to Christ. There was some association where they were invited to church, they were befriended by a Christian, and it changed their life. That's You want to know how you're going to do evangelism in the 21st century? That's how you're going to do it. You're going to get to know people, and some of these people are not going to be savory. And we still have to keep our distinctiveness, and that's the hard part. So we've got to stay close to Jesus and in him, but at the same time, associate with people that need to hear the good news. It'd be nice if we had more of these Zacchaeus stories in our own day, wouldn't it? That'd be great. Well, I really appreciate you tuning in today and listening to this fascinating story about a man who really was going in the wrong direction and was written off by the people of his time and Jesus reached him. It's a challenge for us today. Well, thank you so much. I hope you come back tomorrow as Devin continues to lead you through Luke chapter 19. 